Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento, California. Now, I find myself sitting down to record these and feeling like I need to explain the title or where the title came from or where my topic came from, and that's not always necessary. Today, this idea of the difference between spiritual confidence and spiritual arrogance came out of a personal experience, and yeah, I just have to own it and talk about it. So I was talking to somebody, and they were basically telling me that they have been doing this stuff for a long time, the spiritual stuff, they've been through all the classes, they've read the books, they do all this other kind of thing. And inside, I was going, really? I mean, how could you possibly be done? Because none of us are ever done. And it started building in my head. And then a couple days later, I ran into somebody else, and we had a very similar conversation. And so it continued to build in me. It's like, I I honest to God, I think things like, who do you think you are that you are, you know, you're so good that you don't have to continue to study and work at spirituality. And as my frustration grew, and I continued to build this idea up in my head, I realized, of course, that my own spiritual arrogance was staring me right in the face. Well, that set me down on my little bottom, and um, that's never fun, right, when it comes right back at you. But I've been doing this long enough that at some point I become grateful for the insight. So I really started looking at the difference between spiritual arrogance and spiritual confidence, and what does that mean? You know, spiritual arrogance at the outset is just like, I already know everything and I've got my relationship with the divine and don't bother me with any new information because I've got it going. But I want to talk about spiritual confidence first because that gives us a better basis to see how we can become spiritually arrogant. So spiritual confidence for me is when I feel very secure in what I believe, what I have been studying, and I am still open to new ways of looking at it. I am still open to reading more books or taking classes or having conversations with people and listening to how they approach the same thing that I believe, the thing that I teach, to, you know, because... You never know when a new idea or a new concept or just simply another way of looking at something is going to come around the corner. Right now, I am in a class. It's a prayer class, and it is actually something that I have taught in one way or another two or three times. And I'm in it because, well, I'm supporting somebody else who's teaching it, but also it's it was just time for me to go back and revisit some of these ideas. And being in this class with people, a lot of beginners, people who are brand new to the ideas that we're teaching in the, that are being taught in this class is reminding me how hard it is to get started, how hard it can be to change your idea of God, how hard it can be to start looking at things from the inside out. Because I you know, you do the, something for 40 plus years, and if you're not working with beginners all the time, you lose that sense of understanding of what they're going through. And the coolest thing about doing it is, is I get to see their sense of wonder when they start to get it, when things start to change for them, and they start to realize that, oh, there's a different way to looking at this, and look what it's doing in my life and how it's helping me. And so while the material is completely familiar to me, I've read the the two books that we're using a couple of times, like I said, I've taught um, out of these books, 
And yet I am having a completely different experience in the class because I'm not teaching it. I'm getting to sit back and listen to all of the other participants and hear what their experiences, what their challenges are, what their victories are. And it's going to make me a better teacher. It's going to make me a better speaker, make me maybe a better podcaster, because I have allowed myself to be open to to listening to it again and again and again. You know, I asked Reverend James, who's our senior minister one time, how he came up with different topics, because we only teach one thing. We teach that we are one, that there is no separation between us and the divine. That's what we teach. And finding a way to talk about that in a different way every single week, or almost every single week, is, is quite the challenge. It can be kind of fun trying to come up with those topics. And at the same time, even, I'm even, this is even happening for me in the podcast. It's like, okay, am I boring these people? And I, am, I, am I saying the same thing over and over again? At the same time, the only way we learn is by repetition. You know, I taught um, composition online for a university for a couple of years, and it did not matter how many times I put something in different places on the, the module students would still miss it. They wouldn't see it. We we get into a mode and things go by us. And until one day, one of them gets right in front of us, we're, we miss it. And that, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. It's just that we're preoccupied or we're not quite ready because especially when we're talking about spirituality, it's a building process. We're building on experience. We, we start off with the experience that we have in life. And then if we decide to change the way we're looking at the world and the way we're looking at, at uh, spirituality and our relationship with the, the, the divine, we have to clear out a lot of uh, junk in our closet, so to speak. And that takes effort. It takes paying attention. And it also means that we're going to go into that closet and we're going to get rid of the stuff that's most obvious and probably the easiest to pull out. And then we go back and we start digging in and and pulling out the other stuff that's kind of stuck. So you could, you know, I know people who read the same book over and over and over again. I can't do that. I'm pretty good for like two times through a book. I go back and use it as a reference, but to just sit and read a book several times through is not how I work. But that, I mean, I'm really fascinated by the people who can do that. And I wish I could do that because uh, they get so much out of it. So spiritual confidence is knowing that you're okay, knowing that your relationship with the divine is solid and that you have a, a good grasp of what you believe and where you're going on your path. But it also means that you're on a path. You're not just, okay, I'm done. I've read all the books. I've gone to all the seminars I've done and I'm set. That's not how it works. Spiritual arrogance starts with this, I know who I am, you know, I I know everything, I've done all the books, I've done all this, and you can't tell me anything else, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to read that book, I'm not going to listen to that, I'm not going to change the way I do my spiritual stuff. We are ever-changing beings, which means that we need to be open-minded and be ready to accept new ideas and new insights as we move along. That's the only way we can, we, we can grow. And the other part of spiritual arrogance is 
really putting other people down for their beliefs and saying, well, you know, I believe this and I know what I'm doing and you're wrong. And spiritual arrogance has a lot to do with making other people wrong. I learned this very early on. In fact, it was even before I got into spiritual metaphysics. I was talking to a woman who was a born-again Christian, and she was the sweetest, nicest person. And she was talking about the devil. Well, we were talking about the devil. And I, I asked her if she believed in a physical devil, and she said, yes, she did. And I said, I didn't. And she asked me why. Now, I was in my early 20s and um, had a bit of still snarkiness <laughs> around me. And I looked at her and I said, well... I said, I just don't think that if God could make somebody like Jesus, that that also that same thing could make, make the devil. And the look on her face brought me up short because I knew in that moment in all my youth, naivete, whatever, that I had done something, had punched a teeny, tiny, teeny hole in her faith. And that was not mine to do. Now, I have had people say, well, maybe that was just something that she needed to hear. I don't think so. I think I was being a brat. I think I, I overstepped. It wasn't mine to say that to her. And I heard it. I heard myself. And I'm so grateful for that little experience because I heard how I, can, I could be. And this last couple of weeks, I've heard how I could be when people were absolutely being spiritually arrogant. I, in my head, got all spiritually arrogant right back. I didn't say anything to any of these people. I just listened and let them be. And then all of my gerbils and my brain started going bonkers and running on every single wheel they had in terms of spiritual arrogance and really, are you serious? And all those kinds of things that run through your head and all those judgments. And that brought me up short as well. And it's like, okay... How am I going to deal with this? Because I don't want to think about people that way. I don't want to be all know-it-all and I'm better than you. And um, yeah, I just don't want to be all I'm better than you and I know more than you because I don't know. I know, I know what I need for me. I know what works for me. I know what my relationship with the divine or God is. I can talk to you about your relationship, but I don't know. It's It's yours. And so I, this, this introspection about spiritual arrogance has made me look at how I talk about spirituality, how other people talk about spirituality. There's been this element of us, how we all on some level seem to want other people to think the same way we do. We're more comfortable when people think the same way we do to be open, to allow people to be wherever they are in their process is the highest and best thing we can do for each other. And I am working very hard because I'm still, there's this part of me, and part of it, of course, I have to say, was the person's tone, you know, the person's, the way they were presenting it. There, there was something in that as well. So it wasn't just the information, it was the whole package. And so I am now in this process of releasing the personality, releasing the package, and saying, this person's where they are. This other person is where they are. That's, 
I can't do anything about that. It's not my job. My job is to be a spiritual teacher. And if someone comes and asks me a question, so we'll talk about it, or I'll do something like this podcast, or I'll do a Sunday talk, or I'll write something. But it's not, not my job to go interfering in, in other people's worlds, in other people's spirit, uh, belief systems. That's not what my job is. Another thing to consider is it may be especially difficult here in the United States with our multi-layered approach to spirituality or not spirituality that's going on right now. I mean, we used to be essentially a Christian nation, and now we are spreading, you know, it is changing. We have more people. We have more people with the Muslim faith. We have more inter, just interfaith um, things going on. And we have a lot of people who are choosing not to have any religion at all. We're having, and, and some of the young people are just coming up as, as spiritual people. It's just natural for them to know that they are connected with the universe, that there is only one source, one power, and they don't need the religion I actually saw something useful on Facebook the other day, and it said, religion is when you follow the teacher, and spirituality is when you follow the message. And we need to realize that the message can come in so many different ways, and all of those ways are okay. And I might actually, I have this really silly tarot deck, it's the cat tarot deck, and sometimes I'll just pull a card out of there, not to do anything woo-woo kind of reading or anything, but just to kind of look at the picture and maybe see what the meaning is, but they make me laugh. I've read in several places that humor is the one thing that translates directly from spirit into the material plane. It doesn't get watered down. It doesn't get sort of distorted by our the, the veil that is there by all of our worldly concerns that, that cloud our eyes. And so I go for humor a lot, and I learn so much from humor. And I love it when people are laughing in the middle of a class or, you know, even in the middle of church. I mean, the best thing that can happen at church is people laughing. But I digress. Sitting here talking about this brings me to this idea that spiritual confidence and spiritual arrogance are very, very close together, and it's a very thin line between saying, I know who I am, I am one with primary source, there is no separation, and saying, I am God. Now, I know a lot of unity churches, a lot of religious science, a lot of the metaphysical teaching out there has people sit in church and say, I am God. And I know what they're doing is they're trying to get people to understand that there is no, that we're all made out of the same substance and that we are all one. At the same time, for me saying, I am God, I don't like that because, hey, that's just way too much pressure. Knowing that the God energy makes up my body, makes up my consciousness, is a different attitude. And it, and it doesn't feel arrogant to me. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of pressure to be out there and be, you know, God. But operating from the point of view, or from the belief, or from the inner feeling and knowing that spirit, God, whatever you call that, is expressing through me into the world means that I have a responsibility. It means that I need to get off this spiritual arrogance thing. It means that I 
live from the inside out and honor people for who they are in any one moment. Spiritual arrogance is a lot about getting people to think the same way you do, making them wrong for either not believing the way you do or for not carrying out their belief system the way you think they should carry it out. We are such amazing beings. We're really confused. I won't, I won't, I won't argue with that. We're really confused. And yet we keep on day after day looking for the right, the right way to be in the world, looking to see who we are, learning who we are, going within, um, listening to things, taking classes, doing all the stuff on the outer, but also doing, when you're doing that inner work and you're looking at yourself from the inside out, you start to have a completely different perspective. And that is the most important part of all spiritual work is learning to see the world through the eyes of spirit. That doesn't mean that we don't run into difficulties. It doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. It doesn't mean that there aren't some really disturbing people in the world. It doesn't mean that worldly circumstances go away. It means that we have more tools with which to cope with it, to deal with it, to not let it throw us off balance. And maybe that's another part of it. Spiritual arrogance throws us off balance. I have to say that while I was going through my mental tirade over these conversations I had been having, I didn't feel imbalanced. I didn't feel good about myself. I was chastising myself for being so judgmental, but I had, a, you know, I had an honest reaction that I had to look at and, and deal with. I couldn't just say, okay, that ticked me off and move on. I had to work through the reasons uh, in my head of, of why I reacted the way I did and why I was being so incredibly judgmental and impatient. I know better. I really do. And so there was figuring out what was going on with me, why I was reacting the way I was, and then forgiving myself. And these people, none of them knew that I was having that reaction. Um, I did share it with a friend because I was so wound up about it. And then I got to look at, wow, how wound up are you? And is this a spiritual approach to, to all of this? And of course it wasn't. But we're human and we're going to have reactions and we're going to have moments when we are incredibly spiritually confident that we know who we are in this universe and we know that we have a place and we know that if we allow spirit to work through us, life will work out in one way or another. Or we can be spiritually arrogant and say, hey, I know it all, tough noogies, I'm not reading another book, I'm just going to go do my thing. Both ways work. I think most people who are open and willing to learn and willing to read that book for the third time or willing to listen to another conversation that maybe they've heard before receive unexpected gifts. I can't tell you how many times I've just opened up a book that I've read before and looked at something that was underlined or just a page and all of a sudden the words jump out at me and it's like, wow, I don't even remember reading that before or... Um, when I read that before, I did, it didn't even make sense to me. Or, or oh, well, this book was sitting on the shelf. The words inside rearranged themselves because this isn't what I read before. We change. We grow. We have experiences which changes our perspective. And then we go back and read something that we've read before, and we see it differently because we are different. Staying open, being ready for the next wonderful 
little piece of little, little insight. I mean, these don't have to be big insights. We get so hung up on it's got to be big and it's got to be fancy and it's got to be flashy because we're very big on flashy in the, on the earth plane. That's not what it's about. It's these little moments. And I've done a couple of podcasts on small moments, the moments where we just get it, just get it for a moment. And then it stays with us. These little glimmers stay with us. And then you build up your glimmers until something is really, really shiny. It's a cool, cool, cool experience. And the more you are willing to listen, the more you're willing to open your mind and your heart to new ideas. And it may be something that you think is completely crackpot, but who knows what you might get out of that. If nothing else, it will say, okay, I was thinking that was crackpot. What does that say about me? And that was where I went with this whole thing this last couple of weeks with um, the people I was listening to and then, you know, and then it coming back and saying, all right, so, you know, they're entitled to, those people are entitled to every single thing they said. They're entitled to, to believe it all. They're entitled to live their lives that way. What did my reaction say about me? That's what it came down to. And how spiritual arrogant can I be? Well, yeah, I can be because I'm a human being and I just think I know what I know. And and you probably think you know what you know. It's a very interesting, not really complicated kind of dynamic. And it's more about paying attention to what's going on in your inner dialogue. Our inner dialogue just tells us everything that we want to know about ourselves doesn't tell us anything about other people, but it tells us everything about ourselves. So in the coming days, you might think about the difference between spiritual arrogance and spiritual confidence in terms of your own life, in certain terms of your own belief system, and look at how you handle situations where someone brings you something new or someone comes and tells you that what you're doing spiritually is wrong and you're going to go to hell in a handbasket or on a roller skate. I prefer to take both, honestly, right on the roller skates and carry the handbasket. But anyway, and keep in mind that someone who is being spiritually arrogant is probably feeling fear, fear that their belief system is being challenged, fear, fear that maybe they're not living up to something, or fear of just change because we humans are always wanting things to be different, but we also don't want to change. And so that gets us very confused as well. And then consider how you feel spiritually confident. It's okay for other ideas to flow in around you because you know who you are. And when you know who you are, it's not being arrogant or snotty. It's simply being confident. I'm standing in my own power. I'm standing here where I know that spirit is living and breathing and moving through me. And all of these other ideas can help me see the world differently and help me be more compassionate and understanding. And yet, you'll still have that little monkey mind go on occasionally when someone hits you the wrong way. And that's okay too. Just don't stay in it. Just don't stay in it. Let it run its course. Do your work. Do the reading. Do you, However you work things out like that, whether you read or write or walk or talk it out with somebody else, don't keep it. Explore it and then release it. We are human with divine components, and we are 
special. Each one of us is special, and each one of us is completely ordinary. I saw uh, another thing on Facebook the other day, and it was a picture of a, a map of the world, and it said, the world before you make a mistake. And then and below it was an identical picture, and it said, the world after you make a mistake. We are not perfect. We're going to have these moments where we think way more of ourselves than we probably should. And we're going to have moments when we think less of ourselves. And then there are moments when we are so spiritually confident that we simply know and feel that we are divine messengers, every one of us. We are here for a reason. Spirit, the loving spirit is working in and through every one of us to manifest in this world the highest and best. And it doesn't always look like that, I know, but it's there. And when you look for it, you will find it. Thank you for listening. I wish you an insightful and beautiful week. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now, until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.